Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of In Their 20s, the podcast with the best advice. My name is Landon Campbell. I'm your host. And not only are we interviewing the most influential business leaders on this podcast, people like Steve Wozniak, David Sachs, and more, but we're also interviewing extraordinary 20-somethings, 20-somethings that are absolutely killing it right now. They're inspiring. They're motivating. They are trendsetters. And our guest today is a perfect example of that. We spoke with Matt Sherman. He has been a founder for seven years. He's the podcast host of Forward Thinking Founders. They've posted over 738 episodes. And he's also the CEO and founder of Seed Scout, which is a pre-seed startup database that allows investors to get better data on potential investment opportunities. Seed Scout collects team information, company progress, fundraising details, and other pieces of data that helps investors decide who to meet with. So through Seed Scout, you can also request introductions to any founders all in the platform. Seed Scout so far has facilitated over $1.6 million of capital being deployed into startups, and they don't take equity from either side. So investors can sign up for Seed Scout for $50 a month for unlimited data access and intro requests. And this is, again, a huge resource for founders as well. So you can learn more at SeedScout.com. So without further ado, let's jump into our interview with Matt Sherman. So Matt, let's jump in. Again, thank you for joining the In Their 20s podcast. Super excited to talk about your journey in podcasting, uh, your journey in creating a company, and of course, you know what you want Seed Scout to become. So let's start with the beginning though. Talk to me about Matt from, let's say five years ago. Where were you at? What were you doing then? And what were you passionate about? Um, five years ago, I just got into to startup. So I got my first startup idea around 2015. Predating that, I was a singer songwriter for about seven years. Oh, so when I went, yeah, people don't know this about me, but like I, I started, I started my career in music. I wrote like hundreds of songs, I videos wow. on YouTube, and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I realized I like wasn't that good at singing, or at least I wasn't good enough to kind of make it. And I'm a fairly self-aware person, so I, I stopped um, doing singer songwriter stuff so I could become, um, you know, entrepreneur. So I was working on this idea that like helps people network better at events. It was called Schmooze. It was like, it was a very typical first startup idea, the very basic, you know, no leverage at all. Um, but what's important is that about five years ago is when I took the plunge into startups. I mean, I, I consumed Y Combinator's content. I got to know the people I needed to get to know. And I kind of took the plunge and, you know, it's been a, a, quite a journey since. A part of that journey is uh, your podcast, Forward Thinking Founders. Um, and it's your story, so you're going to share it. But I do want to share this milestone. You recorded and distributed 738 episodes. Um, first off, how long has it been since you created your podcast? Uh, I started my podcast about two and a half years ago. Okay, that's very impressive. So uh, yeah, 738 episodes um, of a podcast that has been super influential uh, to young people, to aspiring entrepreneurs, future founders, uh, because you interview um, you know, founders at that early, early stage. Um, and before I let you obviously talk about the show, uh, this very interesting statistic uh, that you tweeted out a while back, 41 um, founders that you have interviewed have raised an average of $4.1 million for their company. Um, I think that really then connects, uh, you know, your newest venture, but talk to me about creating your podcast, why you created this podcast and, uh, overall, like the, just the impact of your show. 
Well, let's go back to 2018. I had a company called Publoft. This was a real company. We had, uh, we were growing rapidly. Uh, we were at about, you know, I think we went from zero to 24K in about, about seven months. And at about 15K, um, I, I, I applied to Y Combinator, you know, assuming we would at least get an interview, this would be the, the sixth uh, uh, application. And we got rejected again, but like the sixth time. Yeah. And I didn't really like that. Um, it was less about not being able to get in and more about not even getting a shot to talk to someone. Um, so I started my podcast, interviewed about 20 to 30 Y Combinator alums, simply to like, kind of like, um, prove to them that I can still make the networking thing happen without kind of their permission. So I interviewed Austin Allred and, you know, Daniel Gross and Andrew Parker, all those people are, are you know, have, have done crazy things since. Um, but what's really interesting is I kept podcasting and I really, really enjoyed the idea of interviewing nobodies that I thought were going to be somebody's one day. Um, and that that kind of became the theme as of after episode 50 and beyond. I kind of became like this like informal scout by podcasting. And that, you know, has obviously turned into a, a lot of interesting things. And, and I think the most interesting thing being I now have a track record of on putting on the record conversations with with hundreds of founders who no one heard of when I interviewed them, but now many people have heard of them. And that's a really interesting dynamic. Yeah. Uh, and let me just uh, repeat something that I said earlier, just so the audience can start to see the connection. You know, a large group of people that you have interviewed have raised um, upwards of $4 million on average of $4 million. Um, so they come on your podcast when, you know, they're literally around zero or like, it's just an early idea, something they're trying to get out of, uh, you know, off the ground, ground running. Uh, with or maybe something they're even losing money on, they come on your podcast um, and you're understanding what they're working on. You get to really bring out their personality. You get to hear more about their product, um, the problem in the industry, the solution. So, um, you know, yeah, one might say you've been a scout. Um, that's gold for VC firms, uh, funds, you know, looking for those pre-seed, the next Instagrams, the next, next Facebooks, you know, that, that's really, really gold. Um, so that's just great. You would think. See, the thing is, you would think that it's great for a fund, and I would think it was great for a fund too. Yeah. So I spent after about like my 200th to like 500 episodes somewhere in there, I decided to try to like break into venture capital. Mm -hmm. um, I applied for firms, I applied for scout roles, and I interviewed, I put in apps and all these things, and, and no one took me in. Um, even with a podcast of at, at the peak, you know, when I was still applying, I had like 500, you know, interviews, no one that wanted me as a scout. No one wanted me in their firm. And it just, it, it just solidified how, how, how deep the wounds are in the industry and how, how much needs to be fixed. If someone who interviewed 500 founders, many of whom have grown and appreciated in the last year or two, if that wasn't qualified to become a scout at Sequoia or Lightspeed or anywhere, I think there's something, you know, you know, peculiar, peculiarly wrong about the industry. So talk to me then, like, you know, in your 20s, when you have to deal with reje rejection, you know, I've been rejected from a lot of places, you know, that's something that we've uh, have to become comfortable with, you know, we, we really want to get into these companies or, you know, into these ecosystems, and sometimes it doesn't work out in our favor. How do you like keep going? You know, what keeps you motivated through all this rejection? Well, you know, here's an interesting stat for you. I have applied, excluding one time, excluding one time, I have applied for a Y Combinator batch every single six months um, since 2015. Um, <laughs> and I've gotten rejected every time. In addition, I have been, had been in startups as a founder for six years since 2015. And I've been able to raise a total of about $250,000. And I've been full-time more than I've been part-time. So I've kind of like 
develop this skin of like, I'm assuming I'm always going to get rejected. Um, whenever I go into something, I don't, I don't have positivity in my brain. I'm like, Oh, I hope that this is going to work out. Obviously I hope it will, but I'm assuming it won't because that's, that, that's kind of the, the history um, of at least my experience. And the thing is, as long as I'm working on my inner game, meaning every single day I'm making what I'm working on better, which I don't need anyone's permission to do that. I don't need someone to be like, oh, you can't make your thing, but no, you can, I can make CCF better every single day. As long as I know I'm progressing, I know at some point the the, the, the pin will drop and people, you know, and, and that will kind of get the boulder over the mountain and people start to see what I'm doing here. But until then, I mean, I live in a sea of rejection. Um, and and the, 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 one of the things I want to share here is that like, I, I'm in an industry that's known for disruptors like venture capital, you know, it funds people to disrupt industries and create a lot of value, but very rarely, if ever in the history of venture capital has been a, has a competitor to the actual venture capital model been actually funded. So for me, I feel like I haven't been rejected more than another type of person, but the types of rejections I get are very psychologically draining because I know they're, they're based in, in ambiguity, not actual facts. Got it. Okay. That totally makes sense. And um, that is the motivation of why you keep going and why you create something like Seed Scout. So let's transition and discuss Seed Scout. You know, you've created this proven track record of uh, connecting, networking, and finding sourcing, you know, these deals, finding these founders, um, you know, when they're really, really small and you on a personal level have been able to really distinguish, you know, the good from the bad uh, ones that will succeed. And of course your track record would show that, uh, you are able to support the good founders that end up raising these $4 million um, rounds as we uh, alluded to earlier. So when did you make the decision to kind of put this into a startup? Uh, and before you do answer that question, if you could just give the audience um, a little brief um, introduction to what Seed Scout does. Yeah, absolutely. So Seed Scout is my company and it's what kind of evolved out of forward thinking founders. And Seed Scout is simple. Seed Scout is a filter that investors can use to, to find and invest in differentiated deal flow. So there's a lot of deal flow in the world right now, a lot of, you know, a lot of startups being founded, but a lot of the companies that are being invested in come out of the same pool. They're Stanford alum. They went out of Y Combinator, et cetera. And my, my, my claim is I have a group of really high quali uh, quality founders, but are from different networks. Um, and if you tap into Seed Scout, you, you get this high quality kind of deal flow um, that is differentiated from what you're used to. So that, that's what Seed Scout is. Um, and then how much does that cost as well, um, you know, to have access to all these um, misinformation? So I, um, for founders, it's always, you know, no cost to, to, to list and kind of engage in, in everything. For investors right now, it's $50 a month, which is extremely inexpensive. Um, and we will be increasing it in the future. But right now it's important to, to us that we have a lot of investors in there engaging with the deals, which is why I'm willing to sacrifice on some of the profit. Love that. Okay. And as you were saying? Yeah. And I mean, with, with Seed Scout, I mean, I decided to start, I remember it very vividly, actually, it was, it was my birthday on October 9th. So we're coming up on about a year ago. Um, you know, October 9th was it 2020. Um, I got rejected from like my, my last scout program, which was, um, you know, chapter one scout program and nothing against uh, JMJ. I actually think he's a phenomenal investor. I, I do have an issue with many investors and he is not in that category. I love him, mm -hmm. but that was the rejection that kind of made me realize that I'm not going to 
become a scout. I, you know, no one's going to accept me as a scout. Yeah. So about six days later, I went ahead and founded um, and, and incorporated Seed Scout Inc. Um, this was October 15th, 2020. And do note that I went full-time on this problem two months prior to that, but the, the brand before that was called Forward Thinking City that then evolved into Seed Scout. And I've been hammering away at this problem full-time, you know, 12 hours a day since, uh, you know, since, since October when I, when I incorporated yeah, and I've been uh, following you on Twitter for a while, so I've been seeing the, uh, I saw the transition of uh, names, and I see that you are constantly working on this, and you have a lot of support as well. Uh, so let's talk about that support, because I see that there are people connected to the Seed Scout ecosystem uh, that are able to help source these deals. Um, I think it began as, you know, they were podcast hosts. I think it pivoted since then. So talk to us about, since October, um, what was Seed Scout looking like back then, and what has it turned into today? Uh, that's a that's a really great question. This will be interesting to see how I recall this and how accurate it is because it's changed a lot. So in October, it was still Forward Thinking City, um, which was a community for founders. At this point, we were charging founders twenty dollars a month to join this community and to learn stuff and, and you know it was just community. Um, I decided that I didn't think that founders should be the ones paying for this in about um, in about December ish. January-ish. So I shut down Forward Thinking City, just killed the whole model, let go of the 120 paying founders and just said, it's it's free now and look for a new business model. For for a hot second, I was focused on this like ISA model where it's like, we'll help you raise money. And if we help, if, if you raise money, like we get paid. I realized that was a very bad idea, very bad. Twitter made sure I knew that this was extremely flawed. And, and so did my, my advisors because um, I was brokering things like that. So after that, I'm like, great, I'm just going to go super high touch, really, really, really high touch, charge $1,000 a month and just give give a, f- a few people really high quality deal flow. Mm-hmm. I did that, got about five, five or six customers. But I mean, that's very low leverage. If two of them churn, if three of them churn, I mean, you cut your revenue in half. Um, so about a month and a half ago, I killed that model. I say goodbye to 5K MRR, which was very painful and started over by charging $20 a month for deal flow and then uh, quickly um, kind of increase it to $50 a month. And that has been really good. I have about 110 paying investors um, as customers and we're making a decent amount of money. On the founder side, um, what's changed is it's less of a community and it's more of like a place to enter your information. So what happens when an investor becomes a customer is they get access to this database. What's in the database? The database is full of founder information. Where does that information come from? Well, the founders have a dashboard where they can then input their data. They can say what their contraction is. They can say what their, what their deck URL is. They can say what location they are. So in that way, it's kind of like a marketplace. Um, and if an investor is interested in, in you know, meeting a, a founder, they can request an introduction on the platform, then the founder can approve and they are immediately introduced, which means there's really no, no gatekeepers. It's just kind of like, if they're interested, if they're interested, connect and make some magic happen. Of course. You no, know, I love the platform for a few reasons. First off, I had a chance to go through the process um, as a founder. You know, I just want to like go through the system and see what it was like. Um, I love that you have the video aspect to it. So, you know, it's not really a forum. I didn't really feel like it was a forum um, because you have a video and audio aspect where I can actually answer the questions um, that I was reading or being asked, you know, through the forum. Uh, so I thought that that was really powerful. The second thing is, um, you know, you guys have to think in the mind of a firm. You know, they have a lot of founders reaching out to them. Check out this company. Check out this company. Obviously, every single founder thinks their company is amazing. So think about how much, um, you know, deal flow they're already getting. It's hard to really find what they're looking for. It's hard to distribute, you know, from this to that. 
or distinguish, I, think, I should say, from this to that. Um, so you already have this database of these funds, firms, uh, VCs that are actively looking for founders. Uh, to a founder, like that's huge because again, you're getting them in the door. Sometimes getting in the front door is the hardest thing. Um, so you have partners that are already looking for new companies and you found a way to really give the information fact by fact, you know, like what their company is, why they think it's powerful, what is the problem in the industry, what is, this, what is their solution, what is the team, et cetera. So you've really created a strong database that just really gives founders that point of entry into, uh, you know, the start of the VC space, something that they're trying to really get into desperately. Well, that, I mean, that, that's the key. I mean, the, the way that I like to talk about this is we're a filter. I mean, the, 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 the problem with the venture capital industry is the filters right now are, are pretty, pretty suboptimal. You got like where you went to school, you got like where you've worked, you got like who your dad is or who your mom is, how connected you are. And, you know, it's like not that great in a world where, the, where anyone can learn how to start a company and they are in 2021, you gotta, you gotta build filters that work with the, with the modern day. And then no one has figured this out. And I'm, you know, crazy slash stupid enough to think that we can do it. <laughs> well, I mean, you're already doing it. So I know for a fact, you're going to be able to continue this. And that then transitions to uh, one of my final questions, something I love asking what's next. So you obviously have the infrastructure you're building. Um, you know, you said price points going to go up in the future. You're looking for more founders, you know, more funds, et cetera. But, um, you know, in five years, as we asked what you're doing five years ago, in five years from now, in the future, what will Seed Scout look like? Um, Seed Scout will have done a couple of things. The first is it will have kind of like broken down the some of the gatekeepers on 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 that kind of whole deals and will kind of like democratize deal flow, not just for Silicon Valley, but for everyone. So if any anyone that wants to invest in great early stage companies will have the ability to do so on Seed Scout. Then secondly. Um, I mean, the hope is that Seed Scout creates, you know, a, a thousand times percent increase in the amount of entrepreneurial activity in the world um, because companies are getting funded in an easier fashion. Um, you know, it doesn't take seven months to build a relationship with a VC and get, you know, a check. And I think this is important because I personally think entrepreneurship is like the key to a lot of, of it's an unlock for the world. And I think a lot of people haven't been able to be entrepreneurs because of the risk involved and how hard it is to get capital. And I would love to be part of the solution in kind of breaking down, um, breaking down those barriers and helping more people actually go out on their own and start, start money uh, and start companies. Of course. Well, Matt, thank you for breaking that down. This was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we have a diverse and large audience um, of a few different people. I'll name a few. You know, we, we have aspiring entrepreneurs, future founders, um, you know, future VCs as well, current VCs. Um, so if you are one of those four, Seed Scout is the place you need to be. Seedscout.co.co, correct? That's the name of the website? That's right. Seedscout.co. You need to either be a part of this database or you can have access to um, you know, these firms where you, it's going to be difficult to get in if you're not a part of Seed Scout or the opposite end, you know, if you are a current VC um, or trying to get into the VC space, bring this forward. Um, your team would be very, very excited to learn more about Seed Scout and how many companies do you guys currently have in your database? Uh, we have it about, I think we're over 1600 now. And it's not just companies that do, yeah, I'll yeah. clarify. It's not just like companies we scraped somewhere. These are, these are active founders on Seed Scout that are updating their data on their side. So about 1600 at this point. 
yeah, I mean, we'll look at your track record, look at your podcast. So, I mean, I think that would be the main assumption that you're, you're pulling good founders, founders that will be raising $4 million and more uh, for their first rounds in the next few uh, years. So really, really powerful platform. Matt, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for streaming another exclusive interview of In Their 20s, the podcast with the best advice. If you enjoyed our conversation with Matt today and want more content like this, make sure to subscribe to In Their 20s wherever you stream your podcasts. Matt Sherman is also available on Twitter at Matt underscore Sherman. Make sure to check out his website, SeedScout.com. If you're a founder, if you're an investor, this is the place to be. See you next week.